Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With, you, with me is Matthew Bruni. We've got a lot to talk about today as LSU landed Notre Dame transfer Logan Diggs out of the portal, the former Rummel standout who played both sides of the ball in high school, went up to South Bend and ended up at running back where Brian Kelly and his staff did recruit him. And he ended up this past season totaling over a thousand all-purpose yards. He entered the portal, visited LSU, visited South Carolina, visited Ole Miss, but ultimately ends up at LSU Matty B, you've got a really in-depth transfer portal analysis on digs on the website right now. But let's start with your initial reaction. What's this mean for LSU at the running back position? Yeah, I think it's a huge addition. I think it's almost essential at this point with the unknowns in the room. And I know everyone's like, oh, well, they have six running backs. You know, how many more do you need at this point? And it's it's a valid um, question, but... For those who watched the spring game, who watched spring practices unfold where you only have Noah Kane and Trey Holly, and you're like, okay, Armani Goodwin, he's not gonna, he's not even available for summer uh, workouts. He's going to wait until the fall. Um, obviously, Caleb Jackson, a freshman, we expect him to come in and have very, very high potential, but still a freshman between Caleb Jackson and, and Trey Holly. Uh, John Emery, who knows what his status is uh, with the academics. Uh, it's, you know, didn't participate in the spring. Uh, hasn't even been around the team, at least uh, through the spring. I'm not sure what the status is now. Um, and Josh Williams, I expect him to be fine. If before this, I would have expected him to be the starting running back. But I just there's too many question marks right now. And if there's one thing about Logan Diggs that I I mean, I love his game, which we'll get into in a bit. But it doesn't feel like he has many question marks. That's the big thing here is, you know what you're getting in Logan Diggs. Yeah, I agree. And and look, when we sit there on our Bengal Tiger message board and, and everybody kind of breaks down the addition of Logan Logan Diggs in their own opinion, you get everyone, everybody from saying he could be running back one to he could be average. But look, this is a running back room for LSU that, quite frankly, doesn't necessarily have that reliability of one guy. And that's the reality of where you can use the transfer portal if you're LSU. You have multiple scholarships available take a guy who's proven at a high level of college football that he can contribute in a positive way. Notre Dame didn't necessarily have a quarterback like Jaden Daniels who could run the football either. So that will help him as he transitions to LSU. One thing uh, that I would note right off the bat, zero fumbles. He's a reliable running back. Rummel players do have a tendency to pan out at the next level. I really like this pickup for Frank Wilson. He probably had to work a little bit harder for it then uh, we might have thought Logan Diggs has been a guy that has been rumored to maybe enter the portal in December or January, and um, LSU would have been right in the mix then. Uh, but now it's May, and they get him anyway. And I, I think this is a really smart pickup for LSU because it's a position that you can see a lot of wear and tear on guys, as we've seen. And 
um, LSU's running back room was, you know, the epitome of that in 2022. Yeah. And I mean, last year people can say, well, Jaden Daniels was such a prolific runner, led them in carries. Um, nobody, no, no running back had more than, I think it was 97 carries for Josh Williams. And so it's like, do you really need to add a guy like Logan Diggs when you just, it's going to be running back by committee anyways. This is where for me last night, I watched basically five of his games um and i just think he's the i think he steps on campus and he's automatically the best running back in the room like he has that type of potential that type of talent level if you watch his games i mean the physical abilities there six foot 215 um only caleb jackson really rivals him physically i think in the room he just moves so well and the vision is there and like you said notre dame it was interesting because they didn't have not only did they not have a quarterback that could run they really didn't have a quarterback that could throw so the, the it was a very simple offense and I think he made the most of it I just really am excited to, to watch him at LSU because um, I think he brings a different element to the room he's not just someone else he's not a repeat of Josh Williams or Noah Kane I think he's probably better than them at this point yeah and and look when you look at the long-term outlook now for LSU at running back it's it's in a good spot. You signed Trey Holly, who went through spring workouts. You have Caleb Jackson. We talked about him on the podcast earlier this week about what he's bringing to the table from a speed perspective. Yeah. Um, those are your two young guys that you're now going to have in the room. You also have a bunch of veterans. We know they're recruiting Caden Durham, the four-star out of Duncanville, Texas, really, really hard in 2024. And then, of course, 2025 stacked in Louisiana. But this is one of those nice kind of plug type of players that you can um, supplement your roster with and it doesn't necessarily hurt you either in recruiting long term do you know his um eligible or how many more years he has left because he played three years at notre dame is this his final season i think he has two years to play um could be wrong let me look uh real quick but i'm pretty sure we we had that one on the on the board his sophomore season was 2022 he was there um, in 2021 as a true freshman, and he played in eight games. So he has three years to play, too, which is good news for LSU. Okay, yeah. A lot of people, you know, will throw in there the uncertainties and the question marks of Armani Goodwin and John Emery. Like, if you get them back, if you get them back, could one of them pop? Because a lot of people still like John Emery. A lot of people still like Armani Goodwin. I think they're fine players, even if they're healthy to me. I want to emphasize that I think Logan Diggs is the best back in the room. Like at this moment, without seeing him in person, just watching his tape from last year, 820 yards on the ground, 211 yards as a receiver on, on only 10 catches, keep in mind. Um, I just want to reiterate, I just don't think it matters if Emory or Goodwin are factors next year. And I think that's part of the reason here is, again, to go back to the uncertainty, you don't know what you're getting beyond Williams and Kane, I'd argue. Like those two, and then you want to throw Trey Holly in there. I like Trey Holly. Again, I like Caleb Jackson a lot. Freshmen always have a little bit of uncertainty. Outside of Williams and Kane, I think this was just you add a player that's not only reliable but is elite. Here's a bold prediction time for you is uh, Logan Diggs, RB1 in the season opener against Florida State. Nice. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. From maybe not so bold. <laughs> it's it's it's. I wrote in the article. I think he's the best running back in the room. I just think it's simple. And a lot of people will say, "Well, 
and I do think it still will be running back by committee to a degree, but why not if Logan Diggs is actually as good as what I think he can be? Why does it still – it doesn't have to be four running backs. Like, it doesn't have to be a running back by a deep committee. It can just be Diggs, Williams, with some Kane at the goal line. Like, that – I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, and let in, you know, whoever else in situation and stuff like that. But I just don't think – I think people have gotten used to the the what happened last year and even the last few years, really, where they haven't had a standout back. And so it's like, all right, well – we're just going to piece this together with four or five running backs. If Logan Diggs is actually really good, which I think he is, why not just give him, you know, 60% of the carries here? Like that's very much on the table to me. Yeah. And I think he's somebody that maybe his role could grow over the course of the season. And look, if Josh Williams bounces back the way we kind of expect him to, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a say in, in this. Yeah. I, I think For he's sure. shown that he deserves that type of, um, kind of recognition and and just overall faith in what he can bring to the table. You feel bad for him as he's recovering from injury, but when he's healthy, he's been reliable. And I think that's something Frank Wilson really values. I got a chance to watch his uh, coach's clinic speech, and he's spent pretty much the entire time going over ball security. And I think that's important for him, obviously. And uh, you know, Logan Diggs, Josh Williams, they bring that and. Um, that's going to be a big factor going in uh, to this season when it comes to reliability at the running back position. Exactly. So I, I just think this was big. I think even with 2024, like you said, Caden Durham, um, I think all eyes are on 2025. As we know, Harlem Berry show, the, the, the running backs in Louisiana that year are just elite. So it's kind of like if you can piece it together – and if you get digs for two more year or two years and you have Caleb Jackson, Trey Holly, you're you're setting up nicely to where the transition to the twenty twenty five class in theory is pretty smooth. Not to get too far ahead of myself, but there you go. That's exactly what we're gonna do though. We're gonna get uh, ahead of ourselves here. It, it, from my perspective, when you look at recruiting, because somebody brought it up on the board, what does this mean for Caden Durham, the four star running back out of Duncanville, Texas in the twenty twenty four class? I said on the board. If Caden Durham doesn't come and he does an interview afterwards that says, oh, they took Logan Diggs, he's going to be there for another year, he was never coming to LSU. Yeah. And, I, and look, you, you, they would overlap for one year in theory if Logan Diggs stays healthy and plays out his final two seasons of college football uh, versus staying three total years at LSU. Um, Caden Durham was just never coming to LSU, and, and that's his, you know, lack of a better term, yeah. cop out for not coming. Now, LSU is still firmly in the mix with Caden Durham, as is Oklahoma. Frank Wilson has been up to see Caden Durham. He's uh, can't talk to him in person, but they've gone over this plan with them. And I think this is, an, this is a way where good recruiters, you have to massage situations, right? Caden Durham, in all likelihood, if he got to LSU in 2024, would have to battle Logan Diggs for, for carries unless Logan Diggs goes off and goes to the NFL afterwards. But he's going to need that time to maybe settle into the college game and, and do those things. I mean, if you're looking at Caden Durham, if he was depth chart staring, you know, the two freshman running backs are probably the bigger, uh, yeah, uh, you know, anti-selling point than, than Logan Diggs is. Yeah, I mean, because even if – well, Williams and Emory are going after this year. So that's two right there. Noah Kane, I think, has another year, if I'm not mistaken. Who knows his situation? Um 
but then Armani Goodwin obviously has has a couple years left if he wants him. So it's like good and Goodwin and Kane kind of in the air uh, after this year. We'll see what their decisions are and what they want to do. But Jackson and Holly, I, it doesn't feel like an overly crowded room, even with Diggs, um, for any running back in the 2024 class. I just don't <clears throat> look at it that way. And if anything, it should be open because I look at Williams and Emery and Kane as, you know, very good backs. If two of those aren't back next year, I think there's plenty of carries to go around. And like you said, who knows? Maybe Diggs has a great year and goes to the NFL. Yeah. Too many uh, unknowns to really. Yeah. Like you said, if, if he, if he doesn't go to LSU because of that, it's like, that's not really the reason. But barring an injury to, to Noah Kane that allows him to redshirt, he is also done uh, okay, with college right. eligibility. So uh, that COVID year, uh, obviously throwing yeah. all these guys off um, when it comes to that. And and look, I'll, I'll note this. I was out at James Simon's spring game in Shreveport on Tuesday night. And in 2025, you've got Harlem Berry. He's the number one running back in the country. He's the number one prospect in Louisiana. He's right in five-star range. LSU is pushing hard for him. He's on three's number one running back. He's in Louisiana. You've got James Simon, who... Look, he got kind of limited carries in his spring game. They they want to be careful with him up there, Calvary Baptist. But I, I'm even more impressed with James Simon than I was going into it. I think he is a legitimate RB one A one B with Harlem Berry. If you can get both of those guys in your room, um, so if the running back position pans out the way we kind of think it does in recruiting, this room is really stacked for for many years to come now. Which which is good because it's been too long since LSU's had the uh, all sec caliber running back it's been a few years so um i think caleb jackson has that upside i think uh we'll see what they do in 2024 but then obviously you get to 25 and you're like okay they're they're back to being what they should be at running back yeah i completely agree and and if frank wilson reels those two guys in it's, it's gonna be pretty pretty fun uh to be a, a running back at lsu and and uh also a quarterback that'll take some of the pressure off of what would be Garrett, Garrett Nussmeyer or Ricky Collins down the line or Colin Hurley or whoever yeah. is taking the snaps. It'll certainly help them with that long-term outlook if it if it pans out that way, Caden Durham or not, for that matter. Um, Matty B., when we look at what's next in the transfer portal for LSU, they are hosting a visitor as we record this podcast, and it's now out there on social media. It's uh, another push from plenty of LSU commits and players to keep a Louisiana native home, LSU's hosting, I guess this is the right way to phrase this, Tulane transfer defensive back, Andre Sam. He is an Iowa-Louisiana native, goes to McNeese out of high school, transfers to Marshall to follow Lance Kidry there. Lance Kidry leaves for Tulane for a cup of coffee, ends up at Miami, and now he's back in the transfer portal after being at Tulane this spring. Um, it's uh, a guy with one year of eligibility left at the safety position, but safety has got to be the biggest need for LSU remaining to, to truly check off. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about off air. I think Andre Sam's first year of college was 2017, 17, 18. So he's, he's a vet. He's a veteran at this point going into 23, uh, 24. Um, yeah. Safety position has always been the number one need just by this whole off season. To me, it's been, you know, how are you going to add more depth at safety? How are you going to add more playmakers at safety? Because as much as I like Greg Brooks and Major Burns, if one of those were to miss time, who are they putting at safety right now? And I think the answer is Sage Ryan or Javian Toviano. 
And as much as I like those guys, I would honestly probably lean Javion Toviano right now, just because how high of a prospect, how high I am on him as a prospect. But it's again, you're going to a true freshman at that point. And so that throughout the spring, they were work like Kerry Cooks was working different guys in that safety, trying to see how they looked. They were some Zy Alexander. There was um, Jordan Allen, you know, different guys getting reps at free safety. But ultimately, they it felt like the entire time they were looking for someone to um, a veteran to add to this group to where they weren't having to be like, OK, if these guys miss time. Who are we putting here? Are we going to have to cross-train somebody? Are we going to have to put a corner back at safety like we did last year with Jarek Bernard Converse, who was kind of an outlier because that's not normal. He was just an incredibly smart, you know, seasoned defensive back there. So, yeah, safety position is number one um, for me, and I think this is the type of player that you need, a guy with one year, a guy that can step in and immediately um, help you. Yeah, 53 total tackles this past season. And I, I think looking at, you know, LSU's path to a safety, I, I you know, they, they had Antonio Carter, the Rhode Island safety, kind of lined up for an official visit last weekend. They probably put the brakes on Andre Sam just a bit because of that, but he ends up not making an LSU or a Florida visit and committing to Notre Dame. Um, they poked around on guys like Trey Amos and, and certainly others in the portal, but this is... I don't want to say the last chance, but um, this is the guy that one year left, you have scholarships available. It literally can't hurt you long-term to take a depth piece like Andre Sam. Yeah. And he's played, you know, decent level of college football. He was on one of the better defenses in the country and in, in Marshall's this past season. Uh, he's got that experience. He'd be another Louisiana native coming home. LSU's got to sit in a decent spot for him, but we'll kind of see Miami's in the mix too, since Lance Gidry's down there. Yeah, it feels like like you said, this feels like the the last punch here. We're in May seventeenth. Um, I don't know how far into June you want to get. Um, but yeah, this feels like a, a an obvious answer here. But I mean, his coaching staff, do we know how hard Miami is pushing for him at this point? Um go ahead. It, it seems it seems like they're pushing for him, um, from what I've gathered and and you know, immediately, you know, somebody put a pick in for him to land there and the buzz was kind of around Miami, but you know, he, I don't think he's made a visit down there. I think there are some other schools involved, but yeah. um, it, it, it seems like he's, I don't want to say holding out, but kind of been holding out here and there for uh, that LSU offer. Yeah. So that's, we'll see how quickly this moves, but you just, they can't enter the season with this safety depth chart. Right. I just, I can't see it really. Um, so like you said, this feels urgent. I'd be surprised if it's not him, if they don't move quickly on someone else. Honestly, at this point, you, you got to just go find anybody, somebody, because this it's too shallow. It's too shallow of a room, unless if they really trust Sage Ryan, Jordan Allen, Javian Toviano, you know, those guys to step in, which, again, they're all – I'm actually really, really high on Jordan Allen. I've been one of the Jordan Allen fan club leaders over the past year and a half. But um, still, I feel like you need something else here. Yeah, no doubt. And and I think that's when you have this many scholarships available, I think LSU probably has five, six available mm -hmm. um, to use in the transfer portal kind of from from our account. Uh, it's a smart play and it's a smart play to also go after the tight end position, Matty B. And Connor Gilbreth, uh, we talked about him on the podcast earlier, but he's worth mention, uh, mentioning again um, from our discussion earlier this week with Shea. 
I mean, 6'6", 260, he's that run-blocking tight end, kind of pass, extra pass protector that LSU could use to really play that two tight end set that they want to with this offense. Yeah, and Mason Taylor obviously got better as a blocker as the season went on, but ultimately you want him to be primarily a, a receiver. You, that's where his, um, I think his greatest talent is, his greatest upside is. And as much as we like Kamorian Pimpton, Jackson McGohan, and Mac Markway, um, they are freshmen. And I think McGohan, after watching him in the spring, I think he still needs a little bit of time, even though I, I was really high on him out of high school. Uh, Mac Markway, it's going to be a fine blocker. I think he's a fine tight end prospect. Um, it was a little, I don't want to say it was weird. He didn't play the spring game because, you know, it's a spring game. They don't need to play him. But there are always those lingering concerns where it's like, all right, he didn't play the last two years of high school, didn't play in the spring game. You know, can he stay healthy for a full season? As a freshman playing in the SEC, I think that's asking a lot. So I'm not surprised at all that they're looking at another tight end just to get in there and block six, six, whatever, 250 pounds, whatever he is. Um, I think it just makes a lot of sense. It just makes a lot of sense. You're going to add Pimpton. You're going to, you already have him go in. If you want more receiving tight ends, you have those in those freshmen. I think that's an easier role to step into than to step in and block immediately. No doubt about it. So we'll see if the visit matriculates with LSU and, and Connor Gilbreth. He's got a little bit of time. He was a full qualifier out of high school and, and could kind of take some summer visits and then get in for that summer, uh, that second summer session in July, if that's kind of how his timeline pans out. Mason Lunsford, the Maryland offensive lineman, will arrive this summer as well. So LSU continues to uh, tackle this transfer portal. And, and in the second window, it wasn't as wild as maybe we thought it would be, but they've kind of check boxes and they've not reached on kids you know we've seen some other louisiana natives that have played some college football enter the portal they haven't moved on them ultimately and uh, they're just being careful with these final spots yeah I, I think you kind of mentioned it the only needs left to me are at safety and maybe you know offensive line if they want to get another offensive lineman in there even though i think lunsford will will be a huge huge help for them uh, those are probably the main two at this point, uh, I don't think I'm missing a position off the top of my head. But those are the two that I, I look at. I'm like, all right, if they can add another safety and another offensive lineman, I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah, me too. And and another Juco prospect worth noting, uh, Amari Wiggins uh, is a junior college offensive lineman that they have an offer out. He's from Pensacola Pine Forest, the same high school as five-star. 2024 offensive tackle John Daniels. So LSU trying to get him in for a visit. Um, he went up to, I want to say, Illinois this weekend uh, mm. for an official visit. Um, and he is uh, closing in on a decision, um, but it won't be LSU. He just released a top five this morning. Um, so shout out me for checking on him right before the pod. <laughs> Did not do that. Uh, Penn State, Illinois, Miami, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. So uh, the offensive line prospects to group. add one more are certainly, uh, I would say, they're fairly cooked at this mm. point. Yeah probably limited so but. yeah all right, all right. maddie b before, before we go congratulations oh thank Man you Antonio Spurs. there it is getting the number one overall pick another generational player the heading candle. to san An san antonio look at that i'm so happy just yes yeah. so you, you always have this here i don't know if y'all can really see it on the but there it is yeah you'll get another one at some point we'll I can't see wait can't wait <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger. 
podcast. For Matthew Bruni, I'm Billy Embody. Keep hitting that subscribe button to our YouTube channel and also keep hitting the subscribe button to thebengaltiger.com. Just $30 for six months of access to all the scoop on transfers and recruiting. I've been out on the road a little bit, seeing some high school prospects. Lots to come on the site as summer approaches with official visits as well. So you'll want to be on board. Appreciate all you guys who have jumped on board lately. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we will catch you next time with another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.